that's hundred. If only they can see only they can see the back the behind the scenes of what takes place. Like <laughs> oh, the play out. Oh yeah, man. You gotta let the intros play out for sure, man. But nah, <laughs> man. First off, man, you know, super, super appreciative of you guys tapping in here with me tonight here on Monday Night Take. Definitely want to give a big special shout out to UTR, also you Mark, you know, for taking the time and coming in tonight. So definitely want to give you guys your flowers. Uh, you know, super, super excited for this episode. You know, I made a call to both of you this week and I was like, you know what? We're kind of like halfway through Q1. Yeah. Um, you know, Mark, we actually had you on for the first episode ever. And in Tiara, we had you on in combo with our good sister, Jessica Davis, where she came on. I was like, yo, you know, that was such a fire episode. Then Later on, me and you ended up, you know, traveling to four different cities. Yeah. Locking in, touching people, shaking hands, you know, touching people in real life. And, you know, it was just an amazing tour. Got a, you know, really a lot of great feedback. And I was like, yo, you know, what better way to really pretty much hit that midway point, you know, bringing you two on. And I think that, you know, this is a conversation that's definitely going to be appreciated by many for those that are listening. So. For those that are new, this is Monday Night Take. We are pretty much here every Monday, 8 p.m. EST, 5 p.m. PST, right? It's an opportunity for me to bring on, you know, different individuals to talk about their expertise. And then sometimes you'll see me get on here and just go solo, right? And go in my go in my bag, as Mark would say. So, you know, pretty much I want to give you guys, you know, an opportunity to open up tonight, you know, ask your questions if you're in the house. And uh, we're pretty much going to get to it. Uh, first thing foremost... Uh, Tiara, you look really amazing tonight. Now, I wish I could say the same thing about Mark, but he knows he knows he has to take that hat off. He steps in, he, he knows he has to take that hat off. He, he, he you know knows he stepped on the Monday night take with that hat on. He knows better. Oh he knows better. <laughs> he knows better than please hold, please hold for one minute. Yeah, let him get right. <laughs> let him I'm get right for a second. I'm weak. But nah, and he knew that was coming. He knew that was coming. But nah, on a serious note, man, on a serious note, um, you know, definitely want to say thank you to you guys. We're going to go ahead and get started. Um, we're going to allow Mark to come back in and um, hopefully his attire is a little bit different and he's ready to go. So, um, yeah, he can't come on. Not with the Patriots hat, man. Ooh, I'm weak. Can't come on with that. So we're going to allow him to get himself together. But Tiara. You yeah. know, lay, layoffs, man. Layoffs, layoffs, layoffs. Huh. And, and I want you to really tonight, I want you to really break down. Uh-oh, he's back in the house. Okay, okay, okay. That's that's more like it. That's how you come on the Monday night take, man. I love that's it. Like it. That's, that's how you come on the Monday night take. I like it. I like it. I like it. No Patriots hat. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, that was fire. But not to you, we've heard a lot about, you know, layoffs. And I think... I think almost every time I've probably cut on some form of, I guess, financial news station, even though I really don't cut it on like that, it seems as if that's like the narrative that's being pushed. And, you know, we have seen people get laid off. Let's not be, you know, right. insensitive to that. Right. 
There's been people that have been sent home and really and really don't know where their next opportunity is is at right now. That's a you know a valuable question that I think a lot of people have. Yeah. I want to mention, you know, what are some ways that we can really combat that, right? Because I think that we've heard a lot about the bad things, but I don't think, and I know Mark would appreciate this. I don't think we've heard enough about the opportunities that have actually been opened up during this same time. Yeah, so no, you're right about that. that. Open up the show. Yeah, well, I just want to say hi, everyone. My name is Tiara Swain. I'm the owner of Swain Solution Services. I am a dope career consultant right yeah. now. I have $1.7 million in salary increases for my clients, and I'm just here to drop these gems, okay? Now, Lawrence, you're definitely right. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, it kind of reminds me of like Mr. Krabs, like the sad violin right now. This is what's happening, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. So what I want to just share with you all is that even right, right now for tech, there are 174,000 openings this year that will be dropping for tech opportunities. Although there are a ton of layoffs happening mm -hmm. right now, just understand that's not, that's not the end all be all. Okay. Yeah. So you have sectors like cybersecurity, artificial intelligence. You also have green tech, robots, like all of these things that are happening right now. Um, it's really important, I would say, in terms of openings, for sure. Okay. Yeah, nah, that's 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 powerful right there. Definitely powerful. Like, so you said 170,000. Yep, no, no, 174. Okay, 174, yes. 174. Yeah. Okay, so, so that to me, and, and I think one thing, and we had, um, and I see, you know, some people talking about machine learning. Like, yeah. even, like we had Dr. Ayano, and I'm going to bring Dr. Ayano back on pretty soon here. Mm -hmm. but even Dr. Ayano was talking about AI machine learning. And yes. Dr. Ayana was talking about this. I'm going to be honest. He was talking about this in 2020. He yes. was not. Me and him was having conversations. He was just teaching me different things and just letting me know. And he was in the back room working on a lot of this stuff we see now before it even came to light. And, you know, we're seeing jobs being created in that space now. Yeah. And then can we can we really highlight? Because I think sometimes people get also discouraged, like how qualified they actually have to be to get to get that position or get that role. Can we yeah. talk a little bit about that? Because I think yeah, sometimes absolutely. people get confused as to what the actual and, and it may be different, but I think sometimes people think that they need to be like 10 different things to like get into this thing. No, know? not at all. Not at all. And the one thing I will say is, well, besides software engineering, data scientists and machine learning scientists, they are the top, like honestly, in terms of like top three in demand jobs right now. So hit the nail on the coffin. Okay. That's for sure. Now, in terms of like getting like the skill sets, you don't need to go to college for all this. I would say you should um, really look at getting certifications and completing apprenticeships. I love apprenticeships because this is an opportunity where you can get paid and learn at the same time. You're getting that hands-on experience. Now, in terms of like for machine learning, and I'll actually pull it up because I have some in terms of like certificate programs that they all can take. Give me, give me two seconds. Yeah. Oh, I have a, I have a long list of apprenticeships that I share out. So, no, okay, perfect. All right, perfect. So yeah, so in terms of machine learning and data science, things that they need to start to learn would be, of course, Python. You should also have a background in doing programming, st statistics, and I'm going to drop a few. Hold on, pulling up right now. Okay, so I'm going to drop like like a few places where you all can get apprenticeships. So you have some like Microsoft offers it, Pinterest, Google. And what's interesting is that now, so the thing I love about with machine is that there's different sectors of it, right? You have artificial intelligence, you have video game development. There are different sections of it that you can also explore too. 
Um, and I think that what's also pretty dope is there's a platform that's called like if you look at like apprenticeship.gov, you get a long list of like all of them that are all credible. I can't stress that enough because you have a lot of times where a lot of companies, organizations that they're taking advantage of our community. OK, mm. so that's why it's important for you all to check those facts. OK, for sure. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So you all can go into it's like it's like one that's called like fast AI. Even Stanford, they offer um, a lot of like free resources too, okay, that you guys can definitely acquire. Definitely, definitely. Yep. So, Mark, so, I want to get you. Go ahead. Yeah. So, I was going to say, like, you know, looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, you know, simplistically looking at it, like, and I'll break some of the things down for the folks out there because I know that they're hearing like languages and they're like, well, what does that mean? So, for example, when when we talk about Python, that's the language in which that we normally write for machine learning for algorithms, AI. So it's like anybody who's a, uh, a beginning software engineer, that's one of the first languages that any software engineer writes. You know, they probably will write on Python. And then on top of that, they'll go into like things like Java, JavaScript. Um, and then, of course, one of the biggest things that we're also seeing is like other languages like React. So like React Native, uh, whether it's uh, and that's that's multifaceted because it's a, if I'm building it for one platform, then it's like you build it for all. And that gives significant amounts of scalability. If you really think about the opportunities that are within the space, and there's a lot of jobs each year that go unfilled within the tech sector, like yeah. you got to let's let's give you some numbers here. So if you think about like every single college out there in the United States alone, that's about four hundred and sixty thousand you know graduates each year that come out with a comp sci or computer engineering or even a, it's like and if you apply a, a, an applied mathematics, that probably brings you up to about maybe like about five hundred five hundred twenty five thousand graduates total but then look at the amount of jobs that go unfilled every year yeah so which lets you know that essentially that we definitely have a significant shortage as it pertains to like the talent and that's what draws other arenas like for example h1b so a lot of folks are like well they keep bringing folks in that are h1b visa mm, let's backtrack that a, a bit the reason why they hire folks that are in H-1B visa is because of the fact that it's actually written into the language that if you cannot find anybody else that's more qualified, then you go to someone and literally look towards somebody who is international. Mm -hmm. And so, again, that lets you know that essentially that there's a lot of opportunities within the space. And then, it's, of course, everybody looks at the, the larger Fortune 500 companies. But meanwhile, there's a lot more startups out there that have gotten funded. So if you think about like, if you ever go on TechCrunch and if you hear about this company raising $25 million, $10 million, what do you think that they're raising that capital for? They're not just raising that capital just so that way they can increase a marketing budget. 60% of a budget that you normally, 60 to 75% of a budget that normally comes in a fundraise normally goes towards the tech talent mm -hmm. at a tech startup. Oh, so yes. if you think about that, it's like the reason why you raise capital is because of the fact that you need to hire people. That's nine times out of 10, the number one fear for all founders when they yeah. go from like two founders to then having to go to 25 people by the end of the year is because mm -hmm. of the fact that they know they know they know their software, they know their product. But now it's a whole nother arena as it pertains to bringing in other talent. So that gives you a total opportunity. And what we're seeing is we're seeing a shift from folks that are like, let's say, being laid off from let's say yeah. your fortune 500 is like you know your googles your metas your microsoft's your amazons mm -hmm. but then at the same token they're going right over over to the other side of the street to yeah. your to your founders that have gotten significant amounts of funding and you're thinking about a burn rate of about yeah. anywhere from 18 to 36 months yeah. as it pertains to funding and here's the rule about 
raising capital. For founders, always be pitching. The reason why you're always pitching, because as soon as you close that round, you're getting prepared to raise your next round. Mm. That's a bar right there. So you're getting ready to raise the next round. No, I, I love that. Deal. Really quickly, y'all, I just want to pause. I just want to share three of like my go-to websites whenever I want to look at tech startups to just share with everyone. So my first one is called Built In. I love it. You can see different factors like HR tech. You can see health tech, cannabis tech. Like you can see all of that mm -hmm. here, okay? And all of this is current. But I also, um, and I also recommend my clients to create profiles on otta.com. So it's O-T-T-A.com as well as WellFound. So WellFound just took over AngelList, not Angie's mm -hmm. List, AngelList, okay? AngelList, angel.co. Yeah, yep. exactly. Yeah, cool. That's what I'm talking about, Mark. You better know that website. You know, yeah. Startup World is where I live. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's awesome. So, yeah. Nah, nah, nah. I think one thing that we're gathering is like, you know, um, I, I, and Mark remembers this, uh, you know, in 2022, um, I seen Dan Ives, he made a post just pretty much closing out, you know, the year. I want to say it, it might have been the last week of December. It might have even been the first week of this year. But the, the post went like this, you know, and it was funny because once I seen it, it was like, oh, Dan was pretty much like, oh, finally, the Bears of 2009 finally got the tech trade right. Congratulations. <laughs> Like, and <laughs> it was funny because it was so true. It's like bears had been been bearish on tech for like 13 years and had gotten smashed up every time. And it's like, you know, you what you heard was towards the end of 2022 was like tech is dead. So yeah. one of the topics that I had tonight was pretty much what's next for tech, because, you know, I think we pretty much realized that, you know, tech is far from dead. And, you know, yeah. you, you heard a lot of people use you know, that terminology of tech is dead, tech is dead, tech is dead. But then the reality is that tech is just really continuing to just innovate. Um, and so I want to, you know, really shift us to talking about, we talked about layoffs. Um, I want us mm -hmm. to talk about salary, salary negotiations and housing affordability a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I want us to talk about what did we learn in the first half of, of Q1? I think one of the things for me that I really learned in the first half of Q1 that was super important is ultimately, and I think that we, I think for most of us, we've all already known this, but I think it kind of like in Q, in that first half of Q1, I think it kind of like re-solidified it, is like never, never count the underdog out and never discount the discount that you currently have. And I want to say that again. I think that that was the one number one thing that I would say that a lot of people learn. And some people might look back on it and say, man, I, I wish, right? You never want to discount the discount that you currently have. So what does that mean? Like a lot of times people were looking at these stocks like, you know, Tesla, NVIDIA, and they thought that they would be sitting at certain places for a long time. But in the reality was they only were there for a short period of time. And I think as we pretty much have went through half of Q1, I think there's a lot of people that kind of are looking at things and saying, man, I wish. I think there's a lot of I wishes going on. But in the reality, I want to like really, as we get through this first half, I want to change people's mindsets for a second, right? I look like, I look at it like this. Why do you want to sit here and continue to harp on things that you have control of. For me, I don't think that this is, I don't think that this is the end. Like there's not more opportunities. For me, I, I think it's very simple. When you take a look at the markets right now, they are, obviously we've seen them drop, but we also seen certain parts of the market recover. If you're thinking about five, 10 years from now, any price that you see is a discount. That's my mindset. Any price that you see is more than likely a discount. If you're, if you're thinking as a long-term investor, 
where something is going to be in five, 10 years. Any price that you have today is a discount of a future price. So my mentality is, is that I'm not going to allow the market makers to shake me out. I'm not going to allow the financial media to shake me out. And I think that's one valuable lesson that we all can take is sometimes you, you like you can't always just be dialed into what everyone else is thinking. A lot of times you have to go the other way when when even going the other way is not the popular decision. Like it wasn't popular to make certain decisions to pivot and start buying tech this quarter. It wasn't a popular decision, you know, to 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 continue to invest in tech even as the markets were coming down. But you have to, you know, shout out, you have to be able to make a pivot even when other people are fearful. And I think that one thing that I would say, and this would be it, and I'll turn it over to you guys, is never be scared to bet on you. I think that's a valuable thing. Never, like, like for some people, they might be looking at it as like, they might be asking themselves in Q1 this year, like, yo, should I bet on myself now? Is it the right time? And true, truthfully, right, you'll always battle with yourself and tell yourself, hey, it's not the right time. You'll have these internal things where you try to internalize and compartmentalize and say, hey, it, it, it's, it's not a good time. But in the reality, it is always a good time to bet on you. So I want to get you guys to take. So... Let me like run it back because we, we talked about like, you know, like how, you know, folks have been talking about from 2009 all the way to where we are today. So let's give let's give some context there real quick. Mm -hmm. What didn't exist <laughs> back then that exists today? I mean, put it into perspective. You know, when we look at 2010, mm -hmm. the world had just became mobile. Like, like for real, for real mobile. We were just moving away from like Nextel iPhone or Nextel phones. iPhone was significantly like starting to take off. Yeah. Like HTC was an Android company. Yeah. Um, let's see, like that actually people wanted to buy. Um, what else was there? Like, you know, people were still like, they were just moving away from their T-Mobile sidekicks. Um, and essentially we were moving over into an entirely new space. Like if you think about it, like, you know, Lyft and Uber were just getting started, mm -hmm. like where they were going up against like taxis and everything else. Yes. Yeah, and then like the people were saying at that point in time, like, Hey, technology is definitely like going to significantly slow down. Well, if you were listening to a person that literally did that, then you literally just watched the world change. Yeah. Like think about all like, and, and I hate to like take it this way, but. Yeah. You know, think about the folks in whom which that have possibly served time like for over that period of time. And then they come out and mm -hmm. the world is completely different than the way that they know it. Or let's say you lived in a certain place and then it's like you go back to that place and that city is not the same. Yeah. Like yeah. so when you ask that question of where are we going, you know, I would probably beg to differ. Like we're probably in only inning number three. Mm -hmm. when it comes to technology yeah as a whole when we look at the like like because now you just introduced and this is just the first wave of what we're talking about with ai like mm -hmm. you know keep in mind we've been working on ai since like <laughs> forever like people just got a, people just got associated to understanding machine learning in 2020 and 2022 that whole phase yeah. now we're in a place now where you're starting to see natural language processing and contextual stuff and then on top of that you're starting to see more autonomy in the space but think about all the failures that took place like the toyota mm. robots that fell on stage and fell apart yeah. like that wasn't that long ago so if you think about where we are today like there's a lot of opportunity and especially the innovation in which that you can see anytime when you say well you know that's been around for a minute mm -hmm. 
you know, like what's going to change? Like, look at what's going to happen within agriculture. Look what's going to happen within retail. Look what's going to happen in industrial. Look what's going to happen in medical. Look, look what's going to happen in, you know, other places, like as it pertains to the way that we look at materials. Are we going to keep mining or are we finding new innovative ways to literally, you know, not have to keep digging into the earth? Look at, I mean, think about it. How many times do you hear about a SpaceX launching, like, you know, how many times do you hear about shuttles being launched into space and then coming back down and landing on on its own? Ten years ago, would you have ever thought that a space shuttle could land on its own in the middle of the ocean? Nah, you nah, definitely not. At, twelve, twelve. I mean, what was that? Twelve, twelve years ago, people was worried about twenty twelve. Remember that? Exactly. the the whole Mayan the whole Mayan uh, prediction. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I think Tiara, you were, you were. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I had to go on mute because I have a puppy. Just, you know, I don't want to be too loud now. It's all good. Okay? It's all good. Just to be respectful of everyone. Waffles and butter. butter. Waffles and butter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's right. Butter. That's wait. Is your dog named Butter for real? He's Butter. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Y'all, look at this. I love it. Okay. So, what we basically, well, what I've learned about um, where we're at right now in Q1 is we're in a shift that is called the rebalance. Okay. So, right now, we have hiring, I'm sorry, the hiring demand and for and the supply is basically evening it out. So, what's happening right now is you have companies that are doing less counter offers. You have companies that aren't doing as many salary increases. You have companies that are pushing for this hybrid work. Um, I like to call it um quiet, quiet hiring. Right, exactly. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. I keep calling it like this little um, like little higher, I guess like hybrid initiative and things like that. But what we do know right now is that you have healthcare, consultant, education. These are stable markets. Okay. So I would also just say, open up your eyes. And even for like people that are interested in tech, you all could do a, a tech job at a non-tech company. Mm. You have Marriott, you have Lido's, you have um, Lockheed Martin, like all of that. They, they still have a ton of openings right now. So I would just say that I mean, in all honesty, but you should always be ready. Okay. So and for anyone that I know that is looking for a job or even like pass this along, you all should have your resume updated. Start networking with all these recruiters on LinkedIn because it's never too early. Okay. I remember when I was working at LinkedIn, I always had my opportunities ready. Okay. Well, because you never know. Okay. And in flash forward, they've had three layoffs. Okay. So yeah, we had, they had a layoff last week. Okay, yep. so yeah, I think they're going to continue to keep laying off until March. They are, they are, yeah, March. They are, they, they definitely, they are March. They are actually okay, now, and now we're talking about March, right? I'm glad yeah. you. Yeah. You see, March is like really a big month, right? Um, you know, everything's going to be a very big month, and it's a lot that, and that's where that's you know one of the questions that you know I've been asked is you know really what has the Federal Reserve gotten themselves into, right? <laughs> and, and and I think the quarrel, I think quarrel is the proper word to use because the Federal Reserve have gotten themselves into a kind of dangerous. I won't say kind of it is dangerous because, you know, yeah. they were telling people, hey, we got to do these interest rate hikes to bring inflation down. And like they kind of switched to 25 basis points. And now they're talking about potentially going back to 50. Like. And and I know that the non-voting member came out and said it. Yeah. But that, but that shows that there's some something else being talked about. Maybe maybe it's not concrete, but that the conversation is might be have might be had around the building of the Fed, the Fed House per se. 
Yeah. What's happened yeah, is, is like what's happened is, is now the market is even more confused than it was before. And, and it's put it's put the market in, in a position where it's confused. And you see that from even a volume standpoint, the lack thereof volume. You see you don't see participation because confusion is at an all time high, I believe. Yeah. So I think that one of the things that the market is probably definitely waiting for is that first meeting of the year of 2023. Yeah. You know, we know of what's been said from, you know, 2022 mm-hmm. and we're getting some of the early reticence of that. Um, but I think that what the market is definitely looking for is, OK, well, what is it that you guys are talking about now based upon where are we here in 2023? Mm-hmm. You know, because honestly, I feel like, no, nope, don't feel. I believe that, by the way, anybody that wants to join me in that campaign, please join me. Let's all stop saying I feel and tell us what you really think and tell us what you believe. Thank all right. You. So Thank you. <laughs> what I believe, <laughs> so what I believe yeah. is that the Fed has exhausted its tools and I believe that the market knows that. Exactly. <laughs> the market knows that. And I think that the market has now sniffed that out and saying, okay, hey, well, because think about it. If, if we heard such rhetoric talk like that in 2022, you would see ma- a much more massive sell-off. Like think about it, we sold off in the market and then ultimately we came back and like came close to like, what, down half of a percent or like close to flat. Yep. And so that's letting you know that, you know, there's a lot of folks out there that are looking beyond the noise, a lot of the rhetoric, a lot of the talk that we're hearing media pundits talk about. And they're really taking into consideration of, okay, who's a good company, period. And what company do I want to own? Like, you know, if you go to the grocery store and yet you see prices that are high, if your wife tells you that she needs eggs, you're going to go and buy those eggs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) period, point blank. Like, you know, that's just like, you know, hey, your daughter's playing with a toy phone and she tells you, hey, somebody's on the phone. You're going to pick up the phone, no matter how gangster or whatever you are, you're going to pick up the phone and act like somebody's on the phone. So the reason why I say that is because of the fact that, you know, we're now at a point where, you know, okay, are we going to get to that 2%? uh, Are we going to get to that 2% inflation rate? Not anywhere near close. Not yet. We're not going to get there. But are we getting to a place where things are starting to stabilize? Like, okay, the big question is, is wage inflation coming down? Yeah, that's the number one question. Is wage inflation coming down? Is 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 monetary policy? Monetary policy got tight. We saw that. And is and now we're looking at employment, unemployment and wages. Okay, so we saw massive layoffs. Why did we see massive layoffs? The reason why we saw massive layoffs is because of the fact that if cost of capital is high, then you have to decrease your operating expenses so that way you can protect profit margins. Once you protect profit margins, you're going through the stress test to every single institutional investor that says, okay, hey, you can still flourish. You can still be a good company. Okay. It's just like a financial company going through a stress test, except it's different for tech companies and whatnot because they're considered growth. Is there still growth there? Are you guys still able to accomplish the things that you guys set out that you're going to do? Okay. Now that we gotten past that stress test, it's put up or shut up time. That's exactly where we are. It's put up or shut up time. And what we're seeing is that negotiation power that your employees once had, they still have negotiation power. You still can negotiate your salary. But the thing is, you're not going to be unrealistic because of the fact that the great resignation is over. So if you're trying to walk in there with a great resignation strategy into the great rebalancing, I'm sorry. It's like, you know, <laughs> cut it. I agree. No, I will 100% agree with that. It's, I mean, you also have companies where they're giving out less sign-on bonuses. You mm-hmm. And what's really interesting right now is because like all these companies are having these layoffs, they're, I mean, honestly, like they're waiting on their current employees to still do the same amount of work. 
So they're going to experience burnout. Like, mm-hmm. and I, which I think will still recall. I mean, I think it's still going to result in some more turnover, right? For these yep. companies. I just feel like we're on like a hamster wheel right now until it all gets better. So yeah. And I, they just need to, they just need to hold on for like another, what? Yeah. Nine to nine to 15 months. Oh nine God. to 15 months. That's all that they have to hold on for. Right. Resi- great resignation is over. Like, see you later next time. No, like, that's true. a fact. It's, it's true. That's a fact. It's true. it's true because they have less bargaining power. Like, it's just not the well, same. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you went from 175K annually to now you're like, they're offering you a 315K. Right. Like, you had to have known that, okay, hey, this is going to rebalance itself. There's, yeah, at some point, it's just not sustainable, man. Yeah. You can't take someone from 175K to 315 and think that that's sustainable over a period of time like and that's really where it just comes down to is like yo these companies ain't making 2020 money no more and particularly certain companies in tech specifically like zoom ain't making that kind of money no more roku and peloton ain't making that kind of money no more a firm ain't making that kind of money no more a lot of these companies it's just not making that type of money no more so you know it's just you know it's just like when when a when a retail i always compare it to this like we've seen a lot of retail stores going out of business, right? It's the same thing. They when they when they weren't making as much money anymore, the first people they go to is the staff. They like, yo, listen, yep. you used to be in appliances. Now we need you doing appliances, toys, shoes. We need you Quiet doing all. Yeah, like we we need like we don't, we can't have you know we can't have too much too many people. We got to trim the fat. And also, these companies really are adjusting because to the point that Uncle Charles made, you know, a year back, didn't nobody want the jobs. You know what I'm saying? And and, and if people, you know, people didn't want certain jobs. So companies say, you know what, we got to fix this. You know, we got to figure out a way to operate, not just from a financial standpoint, but just because people don't want to work, too. That was also an issue. I think that's another thing that people don't want to talk about is there was also a lot of people that, you know, didn't. <laughs> hey, no. Hey, Bray Wyatt's coming for you, brother. Yeah, I was going to say, whoa, wait a minute. What, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, man. You got Bray Wyatt's coming for you, bro. Be careful. I need um, I got I, I'm, I, you see, I got my eye on the door over here. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, the eater, but not nah, on a serious note, for real. Mark distracted me with that one. But um, my bad. Nah, on my a, bad. Nah, on, a, on, a ser- on a serious note, like, you know, you take a look at everything that's just happening right now. And, you know, my belief is just pretty much this, right? You know, people have to be, and that's why like over a year ago, I was saying, yo, you should probably get a, another job, you know? And a lot of people fought me on that. When everyone was telling people to quit their jobs, I was the person that was saying, yo, maybe having a second job isn't so bad, you know, because there's going to be a time where come where, you know, you may get cut from a position or hours may get cut. You got, like, you like it, it's nothing wrong. And I think this is super important for people to get because you as an investor, your number one um, invest and in investment where you're going to be able to get money from and pull your resources is going to come from your career first. And I think a lot of times people try to put, you know, as my good friend Jamil would say, a lot of times people try to put the water before the horse, right? And a lot of times people are trying to get ahead of themselves and become traders and become all this, but they don't have things right foundationally first. And I think having a good foundation is far more important than trying to rush into this and think that this is just going to happen for you overnight. And there's also, I want to speak to a lot of the frustrations that I know is happening right now. Okay. See, certain stocks are not going up 300% in three months or six months or hell, even a year. And it's becoming frustrating for certain people. Like Once again, I go back to the point of 
what is the weather like outside in 2020 and 2021 it was like it was like raining money you had bazookas right that was the word go back 410 2020 i want you to go back and listen to drone power's speech and listen to what he said he said he was going to unload bazookas on the stock market and on all financial markets the federal reserve would open bazookas well mr drone power is not having any bazookas firing off on all cylinders anymore <laughs> and now we see that those bazookas are no longer in existence and we see how dry the market is from a volume standpoint in a lot of different areas and it's as dry as the sahara desert that's how dry it is like people are are, are, are it, it's dry no lie and what happens is is that i'm looking at it and i'm just saying yo this is where the patience pays really comes in right where you got to really change the way you spell patience because it's all about accumulation, in my opinion. That's all I care about. How much can you accumulate? How much can you build up? Because when the next bull run comes, because it's coming, and we, we don't know exactly when it is, but we can have some good ideas, but it's coming. You want to be able to, and he's crazy for that one. Yo, he did that on the air, really. <laughs> he's, crazy. he's crazy for that one. And, and, and for those that know, y'all caught him. But um, seriously, the accumulation phase is really really where we're where we're at now it's about accumulating how many chips can you have on board man and the opportunities that you have right now they may not be here forever right and and and, yeah. and that's where i'm looking at it's a it's a season of urgency right there's no time to wait no time to wait it's execution simple as that even when there's blood in the streets and some of the blood may be yours continue to execute and that's the mentality that i have you know, it's kind of interesting that you say that because like in bad times, you know, it never like, you know, of course, certain things in my thesis may change or certain areas of focus may change. But fundamentally, my fundamental like approach to things does not change. You know, I like the fact that where you use the phrase like, you know, about leading a horse to the water and the reason why it's not or putting the water before the horse. You know, it's kind of interesting because of the fact that if you really think about it, horses focus on where they're going as it pertains to a destination. They're focused on their very destination focus. And so if you think about like, you know, where is it that your destination is? Where is it that you're trying to get to? That's where you got to like really keep your focus. Like, you know, the things in which that we're going to go through, these are seasons in which that we go through, you know, yeah. from the investment landscape, even within the within the job market uh, space. And yeah. we'll get into it in a little bit about the housing market. These are all seasons in which that they consistently come back, you know, over periods of time. And it's just more so in the sense that fundamentally, are they supposed to change you? No. If anything, fundamentally, this is the part where it's like if you're fundamentally strong, it's going to show. Yep. If you're not, then this is the this these are the moments like I, I look at it like we're in that that period of that lull space right now, like that right before that next bull market run comes forth. Yep. You know, I think that that's where we currently sit right now, where everybody like literally got punched in the mouth. The market got punched in the mouth. The job market is now being punched in the mouth. Housing market got punched in the mouth. Now it's like, OK, hey, the bombs went off. <laughs> Now we're letting the now we're letting the dust settle. We're at that part where it's just like, okay, hey, can anybody see what's ahead of them? Can they see land or can they see what's coming forth? The moment that you see that, it's like nine times out of ten, the people that tend to jump on those things afterwards, it's like, okay, fundamentally, where were you? Because this is the moment in which that where we look at things, and sometimes like you you've heard it said on 
on Wall Street, sometimes you're going to have to hold your nose and still buy it. You know, it's just those types of things where it's like, yeah, it's ugly. But yet at the same token, you know, it's ugly in the beginning. But then at the end, is it still ugly or is it something that's beautiful later on? Yeah. And that's kind of I mean, and I'm, I'm glad you really said it, because that's the point that I'm getting at is like it's not going to be all cute like the to, to to and I know TR would like this like what's the qualifications of actually being a long-term investor one of the main ones is you have to learn how to stomach being in sometimes a position that's not winning mm -hmm. right and I think that a lot of times people forget that that's one of the criteria that meets when it comes to being a long-term investor like not every year is going to be a, a breakout year or going to be no. a, a, a a you know record return type year or the company is going to have record numbers every single year, um, unless you're Tesla, by the way, which, you know, Tesla's increased, you know, deliveries, you know, every single year, and you know, as far as its existence. But, you know, you know, let's not brag too much on that one. But, um, you know, no, no need. But when you shameless take a plug. look at that, yeah, yeah, shameless plug. But when you take a look at that, you know, I think that's, you know, those are the things that I, I look at and strive for, because from the lessons that I've had, right? You know, I've seen stocks trade sideways and drop and I've been in the position of the feeling right of, man, this thing is down 20, 30 percent. And in the moment, it, it feels so bad. Right. In the moment. Right. You're, you're so stuck on what it's done Tuesday, May 11th. Right. You're so stuck on that that day that it did where it got creamed it was it was down 7%. But you don't think about, right, that January 15th and the stock is now up over the past 3 years up 350%. So you were worried about 3 years ago that day where it fell 7%, but then 3 years ago in the 3 3 years into the future, you know, the stock is up 350%. So that's kind of my mindset. Like, like I, I don't want people to get caught up on these days when stocks are down 10% or down 5% or 7% and just think that the world is over. You know, I want people to understand that any discount that you see on companies that you that you actually fundamentally are able to understand and quantify, understand that it is a discount to a future price. And I said this earlier on, on a live that I did. I said, you know, everyone take this note. And really, everyone already knows this because you should have learned this in elementary school. This is really elementary. And I think a lot of the a lot of the things that we have the issues with are really the most easiest things to understand. But once again, it's easier said than done. Right. For every we, we make them difficult. You can, I'll, I'll just rip the bandaid off. We make them difficult. Exactly. We make them difficult. <laughs> for every cause, there's an effect. Simple as that. For every cause, there is an effect. Right. So for every cause, there's an effect. So that's something that I think that even in the stock market, sometimes people underestimate. A lot of people focus on the effects, but they don't narrow in on what the cause of it was. A lot of people focus on what what the aftermath was, what the reaction was. But digging into the root cause of things, I think, under, like makes makes a lot of stuff easier. Now, before we get into you know the last part of the show, I want to discuss some of the distractions that we've seen <laughs> in Q1. Right. I know for me, and I think some people will agree with me, please stop with the balloon stuff. I don't want to hear anything else about a balloon. It, 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 I think in Q1, I've heard about balloon this, balloon that. That's a distraction, respectfully. It is a distraction. It is a distraction to get us off of our rocker and for us to not focus on what we should be doing in our everyday lives. I don't want to hear about no more balloons and all this. And, and I don't want to hear no more people in power saying, they don't know what it is. You know what it is. Deal with it. You guys are going back and forth, U.S. and China, 
and are having debates and debacles and you guys want to spy on each other like little kids. That's all that's happening. Simple as that. One Nothing person got caught with a balloon. Another person sends a balloon. Let's let's not play all this. We don't know how what what's going all this stuff like. And I, and I think that those distractions in Q1, you know, my, you know, sometimes can allow like even even that can allow you to take your eyes off the prize. I also wanted to discuss Bitcoin and Ethereum, right? Because in the first half of Q1, no one has talked about how Bitcoin and Ethereum have honestly been some of the best performing assets out there, right? And it's not even debatable, right? The crypto is dead. Even Coinbase's stock and some of the crypto players in the space, right? Cryptocurrency, you have not heard anything. Once again, stop with the noise. All I see on the television when I turn cut it on is layoffs and balloons, distractions. That's what I look at it, balloons. Why has balloons gotten more airtime than Bitcoin and Ethereum and crypto? I want to talk about that. <laughs> do you want to take a TR and do you want me to do it? Balloons, man. <laughs> okay, I'll get. take it. <laughs> So the reason why is because, and you know, shout outs to the anybody who's a part of the National Association of Black Journalists. You kind of understand, like, you know, how stories are crafted, and also what is it that turns into, you know, eyeballs that keep people tuned in. That literally is good for advertisement. We keep hitting on storyline hits, mm -hmm. and let's just be honest: the story of crypto just hasn't like the story of crypto only becomes sexy when it's now on a hype train. Mm -hmm. yep. Let's just let's let's just call it what it is. Yeah, you're right. Everybody only cares about crypto when it's on it when it's, when it's now going crazy. Bitcoin, Bitcoin's going to a quarter million. Bitcoin's going <laughs> right. to a million dollars. But you know, in the grand scheme of things, the fact that it's had probably you know the I think if if not the best return so far in 2023. You know, again, you know, nobody really cares about that because of the fact that you know the folks who are making money they don't need the storyline hits. Mm -hmm. yep. You know, the folks in whom which that will later on carry on the, the, the asset to a whole new height will be the folks in whom which that feel fear that they have missed out. And now that they want to join the party. And it's just like this never ending cycle. If you really think about it, like like I could put the same kind of like route when we think about it from the stock market. Right. Or even in the job market, you know, when tech or any industry goes on a massive amount of hiring, you know, when they start that initial hiring, when the jobs are just like. Hey, it's it's take your pick right now. And you could like literally just throw a dart on the wall and you could probably find about like if you put your profile out there, like you'll probably have like seven offers like or seven like, you know, interview uh, offers ready to just gobble you up. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not sexy until essentially you get that past that initial wave. And then now it's like astronomical. Yeah. Go ahead, Tiara. Well, no, I just wanted to just ask your opinion with like everything going on with the metaverse, because I know by 2030, it's going to be five trillion dollars back into this economy. OK, but I always yeah. have mixed opinions and I just want to hear from the experts. Okay, I was going to say I, I, I sat in. So, yeah. you know, Lauren Lawrence knows like I sit in and I literally just work in my Oculus every day. Yeah. Like, you know, it's kind of crazy because now I have these screens and it's just like. Man, I feel like they're just gonna collect dust a little bit because <laughs> I'm about to pull the trigger on the Oculus at Best Buy on Friday when I got my new TV. They was out of them, man. I was sick. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I'm gonna join and and let me just let you guys into the background. So I don't have the Oculus yet. I have been. I would say that I've been neglecting the Oculus. I, yeah. I can admit that because I don't know. Just the whole. I'm gonna be honest, right? Like like I said. Just the whole concept of putting the goggles on my eyes, 
I just I don't know. I haven't wrapped my brain around that yet. And that, but okay. I have. Let's, let's start the countdown, Tiara. We're gonna do. We're gonna come back after he okay. buys his no, Oculus, I, and then like forty-five no, days later, he's gonna. No, be like, he's Bro. gonna love it. No, he's gonna love it. And that's and that's interesting too because virtual reality that's also in demand as well. Like, hop mm -hmm. on it, please, hop on it. You don't want to miss. Well, it. Can we here, talk but about here's the, the crazy part: the opportunities with that. Yeah. But what do we? But what do we say when Apple comes out with their their VR reality headset, headset now? Like, see, the thing is, is like every like, and yeah. it's like the thing is, everybody's gonna like the. Here's here's how funny the psychology is like, and this is the reason why it, it always tickles me because it's like, okay, you know, I've i I feel like I've been there, done that, lived that, and everybody's kind of like living out my reruns, um, like watching an episode of Living Single or something. Um, so here's how I see it: everybody's gonna focus on, okay, are, are they the meta? Are they the metaverse killer and all this other stuff? They're gonna focus on the fact that, okay, hey, Apple has come out with this great product and everything else, and we know it's gonna be great. The thing that they're not going to ever give you any airtime on is the fact that Apple has now just legitimized Meta's entire thesis that surrounds the metaverse. Yeah. When yeah. they come out with that and yeah. you have to realize like the folks at Apple are doing their very, very best to literally focus on marketing. How is it that this is completely differentiated from the metaverse and everything else? Now, of course, Apple's going to have its own closed off ecosystem. It'd be very crazy. And it's like, I'm sitting there talking to the devs of a lot of the, the a lot of the applications that are written on Oculus and other devices. And they're saying that it's like, look, we believe in this whole open, this open source culture as it pertains to the VR space. Mm -hmm. They're very much so reluctant as it pertains to building things for Apple's reality headset because of the fact that Apple is kind of closed off. So that's going to be a question to really have to be answered by Apple. Yeah. But it the the biggest question is has the metaverse now been legitimized mm -hmm. we will see when apple comes out with their device and that's the part where everybody needs to pay attention to so now that 16 trillion dollar opportunity mm -hmm. that was just talked about like think about it apple came into the iphone apple once upon a time just made max and mm -hmm. yeah. you know display right. devices yeah the max from the before yeah the big one they had to have seen the total market opportunity Top. as it pertains to what is it eight billion people in the world or nine billion oh, people yeah. in the world think about the market cap in which that literally came from apple since 2000 yeah. think about the market cap that they created from 2009 and here we are in 2023 and now it's a major part of their revenue source that has completely superseded the entire Mac lineup and iPad lineup combined. And now it's like this company is now $100 billion in revenue on a quarterly basis. So you're talking about $400 billion in revenue for an entire year. Yeah. Now yeah. think about like what they now. I think that they've been about making about $100 billion in revenue on a quarterly basis on average for the past, I want to say, four to five years. So yeah. if they're making $400 billion yeah. over the last, let's say, five years, that's $2 trillion in, <laughs> in valuation that they've just, and market cap that they just created. So when you think about what the metaverse does or what that type of opportunity does over a period of time, yep. now you start to piece it together. So when we think about the things in which that, and, and that's why I said I use that example is because you're going to have people like hitting certain news points just to attack the two against each other, but not realizing that essentially that this space is now opened up in the sense that, oh, this just legitimized the entire argument against what everybody said that, OK, hey, well, now we understand the reason why Mark Zuckerberg was willing to spend 16 billion dollars in a year on such a on such a thing that people thought was a pipe dream. 
well, it's not really a pipe dream anymore now that you have, say, for example, the juggernaut that just stepped into space and others will probably follow. We and say the same thing when we look at Tesla jumping into the EV space. And now, what is it? Seven years later, now everybody all, is like now having to conform and change. And now they have to go into the They're EV all space. Behind. They're all behind. You just and, and, and it's like they just waited because of the fact that there's infrastructure. And now what is the argument now? There is none. But what they're doing is, okay, now we're opening up the entire supercharging network that we've already built the infrastructure that was just waiting for y'all to come into. Now everybody can now start charging on that infrastructure, which is going to be crazy guap. And that's the part that, and that's the part that like people like, you know, we as like, as individuals or as retail investors or just folks within careers, you got to think about it from that standpoint, like, okay, don't get so caught up into all of like the, you know, the, the first fancy, the, 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 yeah, the, the, get don't get caught up, up into the news story. Yeah. <laughs> don't be. Don't be, don't, don't be, don't be, don't get caught up into the new story. Become the new story. Yeah. Like that's the one thing that my grandfather always said. Okay. Like, don't, like, don't be, don't, don't get caught up into all the hoopla and everything else. Like build something that is something that will become newsworthy that everybody will later on be talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Now I think, I think one of the things is I'll be honest with you, bro. I think a lot of times, man, I think that people get caught up. I would say just too much in the early failures, right? Like everyone is kind of like with the metaverse, some people like, and it, and it's just like the metaverse is really, was really just like the dot-com bubble, right? With the mm -hmm. certain metaverse cryptos and just, just the overall metaverse where it's like, like the internet failed multi, like more times than what we can even count, right? That times that there was failures, there was mistakes, there was valves that are broken, even still to this day, right? Obviously not, you know, as such as before, but the metaverse, like it's not common right now. And that's no. okay. That's when you want to invest in it. And I think for me, obviously even hopping on a consumer side now for myself, hopping in the metaverse, right? That's something I'm looking forward to do. But it's also at the end of the day, like you have to understand that the world is always going to consistently be changing. So what might seem like right now the weirdest thing to you ever, more than likely is going to be something that potentially is, might be one of the greatest investments. Like if I was like, I always look at it this way, it's 2023 now. If I was to take this iPhone 14 that I have and I was to hop in a, a, a time travel unit and I went back in time to 2008. With that same I, iPhone? With this same iPhone. And I, and I, and, and, and I sat in a public place and well, had it in it. my hand there would be people that would be looking at me as if what You're is an that? alien yeah like i'm like what's what does he even have what are you even holding the so watch like, would make you an alien the, the watch, watch would make you an alien yeah. you know the phone would make you an alien you yeah. know the communication device like the fact that your device is way faster than everybody else exactly would make you an alien like you know so when we think about all those things it's like you know you know, it's, it's kind of crazy because like it when you mentioned crypto, you know, I remember because I was one of the like I was not the earliest, but I was I felt like I was pretty early to the party back when Ethereum was like maybe 95 bucks mm -hmm. and I started mining it. Right. I just literally just started mining it, right. you know, and here's a little hack for folks. If you have a commercial, real, if you have a commercial real estate, like if you have a commercial lease, you don't they don't charge you for utilities so you can mine it. But, you know, there's that. Um, <laughs> but here's here's what i learned you know we're we were in the midst of a beginning of a cycle you know and you know i i can say that you know around 2000 around 2012 we were really at the beginning cycle for crypto mm -hmm. and think about all the ups and downs in which that crypto has had now of course 
What will significantly legitimize crypto is, of course, when you actually have to build regulation for it, one. And when you're and they're going to allow the folks who are heavily in the crypto space to literally write parts of that uh, of that of that regulation. It's like because here's the other part. You know that certain industries have won when their own people are writing the regulation alongside you. Mm, mm. Like when they like, for example, if you look at like the FAA. Okay. Really? Like it must realize that this is not a Tuesday. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if you look at the FAA, most of the folks who work for the federal aviation, you know, where do they all work at before then? Like anybody want to take a quick guess? Like where, where, where do they, what company do you think that they worked at before they joined the FAA? Mm. We know it. There's only two major companies yeah. that literally Boeing. built Boeing. Exactly. So when Boeing went through all that beef and everything else, as it pertains to those mistakes, Okay, how can you literally give Boeing that smoke when you come from Boeing? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you came from the mess they came from. You just hop ship before the before it got to the airway. So, like I said, when you start seeing, like, and that's what I'm saying, like we're not even there yet. We are still so far behind as it pertains to writing regulation on the old tech that we were talking about back in 2009, 2012, 2015. And if you look at the people who are on the boards of like things like Ethereum and some of these crypto projects, a lot of them are ex people that used to work at Google, used to work at Microsoft, that used to work at places like the top companies that even Amazon, right? Yeah. These people sit on their boards or, or sit in their developer room. So, like, don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. I got a G code for you. You ready for this, Lawrence? Y'all ready for this? Go ahead. Think about all the new influential startups that are coming out right now. Mm-hmm. Where do you think that they came from? I'll just tell you. Ever heard of a place called Google Ventures? Oh, yeah. They <laughs> yeah. come from the same place where they had invested into all those startups, all that tech mm-hmm. and everything else. Exactly. And they accumulated all that wealth and knowledge. Think about it. Y Combinator, one of the most respected accelerator programs. Where do they start? Google. Google. Like, if you think about like, so if you're going to sit there and say that a lot of these companies are on their deathbed, like, yeah, Google was, yeah, they got punched in the mouth as it pertains to the chat GPT. Oh, yeah. yeah. But make yeah. no mistake about it. When you want to talk about natural language processing, Lambda has been around for a very, very long time. It's just that they didn't wrap it up with a bow and give it out to the public. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you're right. So, so, like- I, so if we look at like where we're going and mm-hmm. where we're currently, where we currently are, honestly, I get really, really excited for this because honestly, the people that are listening in on this on this live or that will watch this video, if you're on LinkedIn watching our show today, yep. I'm telling you right now. Send this to anybody that you know that's knowledgeable and ask them to point out a lie. We are at the very, very beginning stages of what's going to be a probably the next big boom. Yeah, AI is going to play a major role in that. You're going to see a lot of company. And that's the part where it's like we have to even and that's the crazy part. You have to get through the first edition of failures first. (laughs) And the way that startups run, fail fast so that way you can build the next thing. You're going to go through the first edition of failures and then we're going to be perfected with the next set of folks that are gonna build the most influential companies of our time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're at the very, very beginning. So it's, it, I'm excited because it's like, if we just accomplish this from let's say 2023, where we are today, all the way back to 2013, mm-hmm. I'm excited for what's gonna happen literally in, 20, in 2033. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, nah, that's where we're at with it. So yeah, nah, you know, I got a, you know, a few more questions before we close out. Let's do it. You know, mm-hmm. housing affordability and salary negotiations, right? You know, those two things go direct hand in hand. So when you take yes, a look at housing affordability hitting its lowest level since 2001, 
But then we also, TR, you mentioned some good points about, you know, yo, they're not just giving out these salary increases like that anymore, right? Yeah. It's not just, you just, you don't like the people, the, the employees don't necessarily have all the leverage anymore. Right. So, you know, I, you know, we've heard a lot from you before on salary negotiations, but can we talk yeah. about how people can, you know, actually garner those increases, especially while housing affordability is in question, which is super important because, yeah. you, know, you know, interest rates have gone up, housing become more expensive, rents at all time highs. It's a mess, you know, right? <laughs> or it's a mess, you know? So, yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is really important. One, you need to do your research, okay, from credible like websites and platforms. So you, I can't stress this enough, and Lawrence knows this, Mark, I would say this to the wheels fall off. Do not use Glassdoor. It's not a credible site. They don't have a verification system. So if you want to really get mm -hmm. the real salary insights, you have um, PayScale, Salary.com, market pay you also have the u.s bureau right like all of this like these are all credible sources so i would say go there first but then also i love saying from the beginning even when you submit your application you need to be ready all the way to the end okay you should be giving all these positive impressions because guess what don't be surprised on the max for some like for some money and all that right so i would say it's also important to never accept the first offer 83 percent of these companies actually anticipate for you to give some type of counter offer still and even like although like the salary might not be there you still have stock you still have equity you can still negotiate vacation time. You can you can negotiate your job title because that will honestly put, like position you for a better future. I used to do it all the time, actually. So there's definitely a lot. And I would also say, don't forget about all the perks that's there. So you also, I mean, I know that a lot of companies are pushing this hybrid narrative, but you have companies that they really want you, they're going to do something for you. Because even if they can't give you everything that you offer, if they can give you something, it shows that they, they do value you, okay? Yep. So really just think about that. And I would also say get ahead when you even connected with people that currently work there. Like you have apps like Fishbowl. You have other ones like blind.com, right? Where you can ask them really candid questions. I've had a few clients when they created um, like accounts on there, they were able to find out Microsoft a little cheap on this little offer. They could have been given a little bit more. So yeah, so that's definitely important there. And I would also say always get this in writing. I don't think you guys really understand. There are a lot of recruiters that do some he say, she say stuff, meaning because it's not written down. They can and then when those negotiations say, come around, they act like they never heard the, the conversation. You can get that. What did you say? I don't recall this conversation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that also happens at, at fame companies. Okay. Little like more than you think. Okay. Because I know because I've had a few clients experience it. And that's what I was like, no, 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 we're going to write it back. Now, what I would say is it's also important too, to really know like what, I mean, what can you walk away from? Okay. Mm -hmm. Because I love saying how much does it cost to replace you? Okay. So mm -hmm. if I'm, I'm about to join a company where you don't have an ERG group. I might be spending more time at work than my family. You know, something's got to give. Okay. Mm -hmm. Something's got to give and you got to meet me. You have to meet me with what I want. Okay. In all, in all honesty. And there's also things that even though I know this market's a little, ugh, a little shaky right now. You can also negotiate in terms of like how your company stock is paid out by the year. So like, that's it, Mark. You, I saw your face light up like that. Those RSUs, come on now. They, they definitely <laughs> talking right there. The but RSUs and the stock options. Exactly, exactly. So like you have companies like, like Google, for instance, where they, it's like upfront, whatever, that they give you a lot, but then over time it decreases. But you got companies like Amazon so sometimes, just depending on the package, it's the opposite. But I would say for yourself, don't ever be afraid to ask for more because you deserve it. Okay. Yeah. This money, when I joined tech a couple years ago, 
life changing, okay? And it's like, even like for me and my company where I used to work at, I was only female, right? Women of color. I'm, I'm showing up on Saturdays, getting underpaid. Like I was, uh, I was over it. I was over it. I was over it. I know I deserve better, okay? But what I had to do is I had to make sure I was still like right with God. I'm like, okay, God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in this, right? But please open up my doors. But then that's also when I realized that it's, and I, and I actually, Lawrence doesn't even know this, Mark. I'm about to tell you guys and everyone that's listening. I found out I was getting extremely underpaid when I went on an interview, okay? So at that time, I know this might sound crazy. I worked my sales job. We didn't get commission. We got flat out salary plus a bonus. So when I'm interviewing at companies and I'm like, you mean to tell me that this company I'm working with probably owed me like a good 200000 I could have been paying off my student loans. It was very eye opening for me. Okay, it was very eye opening, very much so. So, can you can, like here's an interesting perspective for folks. Yeah. Like, think about all those CEOs that only took a dollar salary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> but they get awarded a significant portion in stock. Yes, isn't it kind of funny though when you guys always hear about like those stock buybacks? Who does that significantly like influence and impact? The CEO. That dollar, that dollar salary doesn't sound so bad anymore. It'll <laughs> always come back. It'll always come, It'll back. Always come back around. And, well, and, yeah. you know, and you know what? Also, something that I want you all to realize: you have certain companies too. Some of these major companies are now requesting to like see, like, oh, like, can we see the offer? Okay. Because mm-hmm. I know a lot of times candidates they say, oh, I have these other offers. That might Where not they put the offers not. against each other. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Because some of these companies are getting very strategic. I mean, you have companies where they're even like, yeah. the, like the performance reviews, right? They're getting a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Meta is known for that. Amazon, we know they're no- notorious, right? You better not play around, man. Exactly. That's zero, that zero downtime and that zero downtime in Q4 okay, is no joke. Yes, no, exactly. <laughs> that, that is so true. That is so true. That, that is nah, so true. I mean, nah, that's that's some that's some definitely some good gems, man. So interesting part that you also mentioned about housing. Let's let's hit the economic side of it real quick. Yes. So, yeah. like when you think about housing values, right? You can really tie housing values to say, for example, the median salary that you see within the area. So you take the salary, the 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 values of salary that are within the area. And then on top of that, you also take into consideration. Uh, so you have salary. And then on top of that, you have inventory. Yep. So l- let's say if everybody in your area is making about $200,000 mm-hmm. annually. And then, of course, you know, the inventory is low. What do you think is going to happen to those to those home values? Yeah. You they say, go say, up. They go up. Yeah. But when, say, for example, you're starting to see layoffs that are taking place, you yeah, know, and then on top of that, you're starting to see wage inflation starting to come down. Yeah. And then inventory goes up. Inventory is going up where inventory is, even if inventory is just kind of like sitting there. Even, flat, if, even if it stays the same. Yeah. It's, you know, price that's is going to bring down. That's going to bring down the value of homes. Yeah. And so it's like, you're starting to see that, that like, that's what ultimately kind of like started like leading towards the correction outside of the fact that of course, if you have high interest rates, that also plays a huge role as it pertains to like, okay, hey, if I'm borrowing at a two and a half or a 3%, but now it's like, you're offering it to me at 6%. That's like playing, paying like double the value in a mortgage. Yep. So, yep. you know, those are the things that a lot of folks like really have to take into consideration. So you can also use the housing market as a way to like literally get a good gauge as it pertains to where we are economically. That's the reason why everybody counts on the housing market to re- because it's it's supposed to be known as the most stable market. Now, of course, we had the housing crash in, you know, 2008, 2009, but that was also due to, you know, a whole set of other issues but i mean normally you have a, a market that's ten, that tends to be stable does it go through corrections yeah it goes through corrections like anything else does but right. yet at the same token for the most part it stays pretty static it stays yeah. pretty simplistic and very stable 
And so again, those are the things that I'm paying attention to when I look at housing as it pertains to cross-reference of employment. You know, mm -hmm. at, if you start seeing employment cre uh, creep up, like as it pertains to folks getting hired, but yeah. yet the wages are still coming down, don't be yeah. surprised if you see the rebalancing as it pertains to those home value prices. Yeah, that's yep. true. Yeah, nah. Because it, it eats into affordability. You, I mean, affordability. you can set the prices yeah. up, but your the amount of folks or potential buyers also goes down. Exactly. And then you even think about the, the cost of APR from credit cards, right? Correct. You think about the cost of APR, you know, on car uh, on car loans, like all of these different things. Like right now I was, you know, looking at just how many like uh, notices of repos are out there. And mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's just, you know, it's crazy, man, just to see how. So, you know, it, these are the things that I'm watching. I'm watching these debt levels because eventually I think a valve is going to break. Like, like, yeah, I think that this episode was super good because, you know, we're talking about pretty much the, you know, the midway point through Q1 mm -hmm. and, you know, how to beat the bear market. And I think all of the things we discussed tonight really give people a solid. Well, we didn't tell them how to beat it, though. <laughs> Should we tell them how to beat it? But I mean, I, well, I think I think all of the things we said give them clues and context on, on how to beat it. Um, well, should we give them the answer? The like answer. The, the answer. answer. <laughs> the answer. You want to go ahead? You want to unravel? It's going to be the most like the most simplest answer is the answer. Stay still. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get, <laughs> just literally stay still. Thank you. And that's why I try to tell people <laughs> he's, earlier, he's, man. He's I'm amazed. To, yes. I'm trying to tell people, man, you can't try to do too much, man. Like, like you can't try to do too much. You got to take what the defense gives you. And I go to football analogies all the time on this on, on the show and on my lives and in my classes. But it's it's important because it's like, yo, I'm not gonna be trying to force the football into double and triple coverage every play. The reason I'm not gonna do that is I, there's sometimes we're willing to take a chance, but you're not gonna make a living by trying to force things into triple coverage. Like it's just yeah. not gonna happen. They only throw Hail Marys in football games once or twice a game. That should tell you something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cause it's not, it's not a high probability that it's gonna work. And so just, for just me, stay still. Just, just stay, stay still. still. Stay methodical. Like, Take those steps. Like you want to stay. Just move the chains. That's that 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 that's my mentality. Just keep the chains moving. So yeah, yeah. So I mean, stay still. You know, yeah. again, know why you know why you invested in the first place. Yeah. You know, and it's like you know, if the company's good in bad times, the economics fit the business. In good times, the economics fit the business. Those are the most solid investments that you could probably make. Go ask a financial advisor to fact check us on that one. And let us know in the comments down below if we just missed it. But, you know, in my perspective, I believe that the greatest investments are the ones that, like I said, the economics support the business. You have a clear understanding as it pertains to where the company is going. And essentially it's like, yeah, good times, okay. Bad times, okay. Remember, the stock is not the company. The company is not the stock. There are a lot of great companies that are firing on all cylinders and their stock was just like literally hammered. Yep. But as we start to, and that was just because of the fact that we saw that the cost of capital went up. What happens when the cost of capital starts to rebalance and ultimately comes to some form of new normalcy and balance? That changes everything. Yep. And that's okay. the and that's the part that we got to start looking at it as it pertains to taking all those data points and then formulating, you know, your thesis. You know, when you look at employment, the best, like you can always tell the best of companies. Why? Because talent wants to go work at the best companies. Right. They don't just go there just to receive a paycheck. You, you will have some of the folks that you have a percentage of folks that are there. Hey, I'm just I'm just here to collect the paycheck. 
But if you work in tech, you don't just go there just to collect a paycheck. You go there because of the fact that you want to be there. You go where if you're in retail nine times out of 10, you're there because of the fact that you have a passion within retail. If you go work in, say, for example, industrial, you probably have a civil engineering or structural engineering degree or something like that. And it's because of the fact that it is your passion. And when it's your passion, when it's your name on the line, you're not going to just go work at some ranking dean company. You're going to go work at a company that when you literally sit there at a, at a dinner party or at a gathering and somebody asks you that simple question, where is it that you work? What is it that you do? And you tell them what company that you work for. There was a commercial where that person was like, hey, I work at GE and everybody walked away. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I yield my time. <laughs> I yield my time. <laughs> I don't know what was worse. You coming out with that Patriots hat or what? No. <laughs> his, so lights, go. his lights cutting off. <laughs> Bray Wyatt. Yo, my head. lights are like, you know, sensory. So the in my room is sensory. So when I walk in, it's like I feel like, you know, in the mornings, yeah. it's just like, you know, hey, I, mm-hmm. it may be a gloomy day outside, but yet at the same time, it's sunshine in my house. Ooh, so <laughs> when it's like when it's around this time, my, my house is just like, nah, man, you ain't supposed to be in here. You supposed to be out. <laughs> there so yeah. west coast man that's hey. yes sir nah man so you know i think uh you know closing remarks for me is just like you know close out the quarter strong like march is going to be a very pivotal month earnings season yeah. is pretty much you know went away we got a, a couple companies like nvidia and um square and a few other companies that will be reporting this week um you'll see some of the cybersecurity plays uh actually going ahead and reporting and some more some more of the smaller cloud computing companies as well um, and early on in March, and then the Federal Reserve and a CPI report, which, you know, the CPI numbers have started becoming revised upward from November and December. And, you know, it's kind of they're throwing people like, hey, you know, what's going on? New ways of reporting. Now, one thing that I, um, I said, <laughs> one, one thing that I want to talk about, um, and it was crazy because I, I, Mark, I'm not sure if, 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 if um, you, I'm pretty sure you may have seen it. But one thing I want to talk about is uh, if potential we got, you know, just a few minutes to get your thoughts on it. And I've been reading, reading and researching it. But the new credit, I won't say new credit score system, but some sort of uh, it's like M. I forgot what it is, but it's it's like I was reading some today about how people's credit scores would be affected by potentially dropping 20 to 40, 20 to 40 points. Because it's like yeah. a new way of how they're reporting your credit card balances over like the past two years. So I yeah. wanted, and, I, and I wanted to talk about that, how that could potentially affect people getting new approvals for, you know, certain things. I, I felt like that was something that um, yeah, I was, that's really important. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, so, when you talk about any, I mean, 20, 40 points. I mean, that's a huge drop. That's big. That's a big difference. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, and you, you kind of seen a lot of companies that are trying to like soften the blow by like giving those credit boosts. I think, I don't know if you guys have been noticing that, like where yeah. people are getting mm-hmm. like credit boosts to kind of like, you know, maybe like soften the blow or prepare for whatever the restructuring is uh, within credit. But I will say this, you know, with anything, when you start to see that those credit reporting rules start to change, the market also rebalances as well. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, if the market doesn't rebalance and ultimately, then that means that that literally destroys your consumer. <laughs> that exactly. destroys consumer confidence. Now, I mean, yeah. <laughs> 
Boy, I'm I'm thinking I'm about to go look at the consumer confidence report. I'm like, yo, you I would say what I would say that's the that's the report to spe- the to pay attention to, yeah. and also uh, the the amount of credit usage. I would say look at credit usage. Um, but yeah, I would really look at consumer look at consumer spending. If consumer spending and consumer confidence starts to drop, then that will start to tell you, you know, give you some of the early signs. But if consumer confidence and consumer spending tends to stay the same. You know, the biggest thing that I'm watching also, like you had mentioned, is just more so like, you know, I'm looking at those defaults. Like, <laughs> that's what I'm paying attention to. It's letting me know that a lot of folks are significantly utilizing their credit right now in tough times. So, you know, that it's tough for the consumer right now. Um, I think that, though, that over the last 10 years, you sat, you saw a lot of consumers, though, stack up on, a, on cash. So they had cash um, or cash equivalents. Which is ultimately carrying, which is ultimately you know holding them steady for now, um, because really there was really nothing significant to buy in per se. Mm-hmm. But I would probably say like as we move forward, is especially if we see that there's another leg that we can go downward. Yeah, that would that I would probably say that then that that poses a challenge. But yeah, consumer spending, consumer confidence, and then on top of that, you know, credit usage and credit defaults. Those are the things that I would watch. Yeah, because you remember when we had a conversation right before we did the show in Atlanta, you know, someone asked me, you know, what was the what was the credit was my biggest thing that mm-hmm. I was, that I wanted to pay attention to this year. So, yeah, that's, you know, definitely, you know, a huge watch for me, because I think there's going to be a, a few valves that are breaking over there that, you know, end up spilling into other areas of all over world. Oh, market. for sure. Oh, for yep. sure. Yeah. So now, nah, man. So this was a great episode. Yes. <laughs> Uh, our good brother Mark Monroe, he'll be back on tomorrow. Awesome. And um, we also had TR Swain. You know, man, I would love, you know, Mark, he's been talking to me on the back end, just like, yo, you know, we need more, you know, m- more female energy around here. And I'm like, man, you know, I-, I know someone who might know someone, and, you know, I know her pretty. I'm like, yo, you know, so, you know, I'm going to ask, man, you know, I'm, I'm not to put you on the spot. Uh, you know, but, <laughs> but he's gonna put you on the spot, okay? <laughs> but nah, TR man, yes, you know, man, you know, obviously, maybe not every week, but would you be open to you know being a co host here on Monday Night Take? Yes, no, this is fun. No, I would love to, I would love to because yeah. it's just so much more information that we need to get out. Yeah. Like, and it's like, I have, I have like clients, y'all, where they've done like $150,000 flips, okay? Like, I, it's like, I, I just want to share the wealth with all of this because I just see it's an untapped market. And this is why I left my job because I didn't feel as fulfilled. So I had a candid conversation with my manager and I was mm. like, yo, like, this is the first time I'm making six figures like this. But it, it felt bittersweet because I was the only woman, like person of color on my team. And I told him, I was like, yeah, no. And so he told me, he was like, you know, T, the people that really have like the most power in this are hiring managers and Mm-hmm. HR, like that's it, and that's why I wanted to actually like, and like in terms of me really like doing this on my own, I'm like, no, nah, I'm trying to be a person that really impacts this, okay? And that's what I'm doing. Like I've helped, as like I also have clients internationally too, like Africa, Germany, London. We all get money, okay? So just wait, yeah. just wait till European uh, Europe's market literally starts to rebalance and starts yes. to go into its. We was already we was already talking about the UK, man. You know, I yeah. and just wait till TR starts to also talk about like what's happening in HR, where that's starting to change, where it's more oh, so silo, wait. it's oh, more so silo focused oh, versus like centralized. I got some thoughts now. I got some thoughts. 
I mean, and it's crazy because I was always surrounded by HR. And like at LinkedIn, I managed 140 staffing firms. So literally, like I, yeah, we used to call it bar from HR. That was our version of Karen. Okay, just so you know. So yeah, no, but I would love to. This, this was a lot of fun. So yeah, anything I could do to support y'all in this community, like why not? Why not? Nah, nah. So nah, definitely be you know glad. So there we go, Mark. You know. And that was uh that was super easy as a, a good. I friend. have no I have no say in this. If you want to, hey, look, if you yeah. hey, if you want to be a producer of the Come Up series, look, yeah. hey, it's for everybody. So, so rate, rate, waffles, rated E for everyone. Yes, <laughs> she says she said as long as she can bring waffles. Now, can we see waffles? Where waffles? At? Yes, y'all can bring waffles. I have some his treats. I was, uh, y'all. I was gonna say, is waffles sleep? <laughs> he, a little, he a little slump. Hold on, let me get him. Let me get him. Waffles, waffles, waffles. <laughs> You know, man, butter. We got waffles. You guys gonna make me? Well, I, I, uh, uh, look at look at waffles. <laughs> oh, man, look at waffles. Busy, busy, busy. Yes. Meanwhile, where is he at? Oh, butter, ladies and gentlemen. And now you need to get served, Lawrence. You got to You got to finish the Trinity, okay? Or, there's, there's, or, or he's gonna call it. Or he's gonna call it chicken. Oh chicken wait, waffles oh. And butter. <laughs> well, wait, that could be. You know, he loves Chick Fil A, so that could be a thing. So. Oh man, let's <laughs> do that. All right, all right. Here we go. Talk about I love chicken. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, we ain't gonna let that. All right, we that, was a good one, <laughs> that that the market like that because someone someone got me, so she got me. Now that's why she 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 you know definitely. So man, you know I'm super excited to our you know appreciate you accepting and um you know tomorrow we got another action pack show. It's really built out here at the come up series now, man. Like at the end of the day, we now you know pretty much every day you know during the week, right? I know Marcus yeah. model you know Saturday potential Saturday and even. You know something entertainment wise on friday you know but you know this is like you know literally you on demand like you have something yeah. to watch every night so even when and, and guess what my goal is to make this and i was just telling my girl about this i was like yo wwe is the longest episodic <laughs> show in television history wow yeah and, it is and, and so you think about that right how tough it is right to put on a show every single week two times a week for the time like yo so you know the stuff that we're building here at the come series man you know just stay tuned a lot of action-packed stuff great let's people involved. and so man now nah, let's we get gotta do that. a behind the scenes of what it takes to like literally put together such a show like yes yeah. <laughs> like yeah even some like yo even sometimes you even think in your mind you know you're just kind of planning out but like for me, I like I plan out like you know what I want to do with the shows like weeks in advance. Like, and I look at it like a creative writing storyline, right? What what actual things do we want to discuss? Like choosing what which guests do I bring on certain weeks to make it all make sense. So yeah, nah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, it's like we we pretty much like and Lawrence will tell you, like I ask every single person that joins the come up series or that we're looking to bring on to the come up series within the family. It's like, you know. What journey are you going to be taking people on? Right. Like that's really what it's about. Like each and every single one of you at home, whether you're watching us from LinkedIn or watching us from YouTube, you know, we're our goal is to take you on a journey that literally elevates you from wherever you start, wherever you join us on the show. Our goal is to consistently one always bring value and always to elevate you and to give you the tools that you could potentially go effectively use the very next day. And if we're doing that then we're hitting on all cylinders and we're, of course, we always want to make our content consistently better. So, you know, shout outs to Lawrence 
and you know what you're doing here on Monday night. And people think that it's like, hey, Mark, you have a hand in it. Absolutely not. Like this is something in which that he does. Um, and it's like, yo, it's like I'm really, really proud because of the fact that yo, you could have, you could have said no. You could have right. said, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something different or whatever it is. But yo, you really took the challenge and literally, you know, one, you were gonna make it yours anyways. Right. <laughs> uh, there, there was no if, ands, or buts about it. But it was also the fact that you know there was purpose behind it. You definitely made it purposeful. You definitely had a mission focus. And for anybody that's been watching this since you know the first episode, you can definitely see the mission. So my hat goes off to you, except for I'm not going to technically take off this Patriots hat because I want you to just, you know, look at it while we're still alive. Yep. Yeah. And then you know what? I got to say something too, since we're giving Lawrence's flowers, I'm about to give you some cow lilies. That's my favorite flower. But um, oh. what I just want to say is he really made my dad proud. So, so when I was like speaking in Philly, my dad, almost, man, listen, my dad's really not as emotional, but I saw a little twinkle in his eye, but he was just saying how proud he is of Lawrence because our community needs it. Like where do you where are you gonna see like 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 I guess like a balance between stock and careers because honestly it goes hand in hand, so I'm just I'm just proud of you because this is about to be something major okay so everyone that that's listening like understand like guy has a purpose on his life right now okay facts we all need to facts. support this so yeah. and the and the words of what the people would say when I went to the school in Alabama you got that anointing on you. Exactly. No, exactly. And you can't run for your purpose, Lawrence. Emma. Okay. And everyone listening here too. Okay. No pressure. No pressure. But yes. Oh no, there's pressure. Like I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just yes. kidding. Yes. Nah, no pressure. No pressure. Yep. So nah, I appreciate y'all, man. You know, let's go ahead and wrap up this show. Shout out to all the people that tapped in tonight. Definitely catch this on replay if you came in late. And y'all, man, um, you know, this is this is what it is. So another episode of Monday Night Take. You guys have, um, you know, a great night. So appreciate y'all. Thank you. Peace.